Welcome to the Waffle Shop Podcast with me, Taylor James. This is the podcast that gets people waffling about their mental health, coping mechanisms, life's minor inconveniences, and the music that soundtracks it all. So join me as I open up shop and have a waffle. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Welcome to the Waffle Shop Podcast with me, Taylor James. This is the podcast to get you waffling about your mental health, coping mechanisms, life's minor inconveniences, and the music that soundtracks the journey. So join me each week as I open up shop and have a waffle. Welcome to the Waffle Shop Podcast. Today I'm joined by professional athlete and creator of one of the best apps out there at the moment, in my opinion, anyway, it's Jamie Acton. Welcome to the Waffle Shop. Hi, mate. Thanks for having me on. I wanted to get on for ages, so uh, really privileged that uh, you've invited me to be on. Fantastic. Thank no, you. it's mate. It's a long time coming. Like I like I said to you before we start recording, even when we were chatting like beforehand, you were on my hit list for quite a while. Like some of the stuff that like, and your story, your journey, and kind of. I'm a huge fan of anyone who kind of goes through a real tough time and then turns that kind of pain into a real kind of like passion project. So to right. kind of watch your journey and to see what it's turned into now, like I have so much respect for. So honestly, thank you thank for you. joining me. No, nice. We appreciate it. So before we launch into kind of like the sob story and stuff like that, yeah. I start each show with a thing called the weekly waffle and it's a chance yeah. for some you know for me to get something off my chest because sharing's caring you know you, you, the more you kind of get this stuff off your chest the better you feel about it so yeah. I'm probably going to get lynched for this one but what's really <laughs> pissing me off lately is Christmas <laughs> right okay cool. now I I'm a fan of Christmas obviously but it's like just turned November and I know it's next month, but it just kind of scared the shit out of me a little bit because I don't understand where this year has gone. I'm not ready for it. And to be honest, I could do with an extra month this year just to kind of yeah, <laughs> between yeah. November, and December, just to get my shit together a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm sort of, I'm sort of with you 50, 50. I like, I have, I have certain days where I just think oh, this is way too early for all this Christmas stuff, but I'm such an avid fan of Christmas that it sort <laughs> of can never be too early. Um, so I, it depends on the side of the bed I wake up each morning, whether it, whether it always <laughs> jingle, jingle bells playing in October or not. Um, but yeah. Next yeah, yeah, shot with the Christmas music. I'm half and half. <laughs> It's just um, the, it's the adverts. It's the adverts. Like, it's, you know, like, you know, everyone's supposed to be sitting around yeah. all feeling all Christmassy. And then it's not, for me, that's like a wake-up call to like, oh, okay, yeah, you've got like 25 days to like <laughs> sort your shit yeah, out, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm with you on the adverts side yeah. of things. That's the, 
I don't like it. Um, <laughs> Anything <laughs> pissing you off <laughs> recently? Oh, God, where do we start? <laughs> Bloody hell. No, I'm joking. Um, I think I'll I, I try and keep it in context because I could go on for a while about things that piss me <laughs> off. Um, two major ones that just keep reoccurring. Um, one, the sexualization of fitness on social media. Um, Ooh, okay. It, it, it kills me. It really does kill me. Um, 19 year old me loved it. Um, <laughs> but, but, but sort of me as a, it might be a bit of an older man, me as a dad trainer and someone that's gone through, um, sort of mental health drugs and, and, and think exercise can be such a profound tool for doing so many beneficial yeah. things. See it sexualized in such a, um, derogatory way is, and such a superficial shit way it is so infuriating because i know the amount of people out there that will be looking at the adverts and the influencers that are doing it being scared shitless of um embarking in going to a gym doing some sort of exercise because they cannot um relate to what they're seeing um and, and it's really it, that is it's just not right you know it's like you know deadlift workouts and squat workouts with these just it's like softcore porn like it's just <laughs> it's insane like, i don't know how it, honestly it's like where did you the line these days do you know um, what i think it's just hands down one of the best kind of weekly waffles i've had because i used to be that person who was like oh yeah i can't go to the gym i don't look like that like i'm never going to look like that whereas only until yeah, yeah. i kind of got older turned 30 i was like well actually I'm not there to do this for anyone else. I'm not there. Obviously everyone goes to kind of look good, but I'm doing this for like my mental and physical health. Yeah. But I can completely understand how, especially because obviously I've got, I've got a 20 year old sister and I've, I've, I'm so glad I was kind of before that generation, before social media really kind of took hold of yeah. my childhood, if you like, because it is, it's, yeah. it is dangerous. It's, it's going to the gym now is for a lot of people. It's almost become like, um, like a night out it's like the gym kit the makeup ready for the workout um without naming names i know trainers who will part of the pt package is to film um their clients so that they have content to go away from the session with Shut up. <laughs> That's to, not a to, thing. Put, to put on i'm telling you to put on instagram and they charge a uh an excess of the sessions so rather than the personal trainer going to get a um, an extra qualification and maybe biomechanics or weightlifting, they go and get a videography quali- like, um, course to try and you know spend their money on how can I make my clients look best from this squatting angle and make their arses good. Even to the point where you see women these days, and I say uh, women, you know, blanketing a little bit, don't wanna, they're total misogynists, but it's like something simple they'll be squatting or deadlifting and they won't fully engage their hips or their glutes as they come forward. So they'll keep their hips slightly too far back just to show off that excess in the bum cheeks. Come on, I'll show you. Rather than the full squat coming right all the way through, you're leaving it just out, just enough, so you're getting that bum angle. Um, I bet you've had no one stood up and twerk no, on a podcast no. before. <laughs> this, is, this is an episode of first. <laughs> We're five minutes in. <laughs> but yeah, listen, it, it's what what I what it, it's it's one of those things that um like I'm all for trying to build confidence and I'm trying to uh, and people feel good about themselves and so I'm fully behind that. So it's quite a difficult line to tread mm. because if someone's getting a lot of confidence from what, what they're doing and, and they're enjoying it. You know, who am I to turn around and say you shouldn't be? I think what I'm sort of more fighting for is the underdog. So yeah. the, the, I, I've, I've worked with so many people over the years that have been crippled by anxiety. The fear of going to a gym class mm-hmm. for the first time is so, um, so much of a barrier to entry that the idea of ever doing it is just too much for someone. You know, some a woman in her mid thirties might have had a couple of kids or whatever, um, not trained in several years, doesn't feel particularly good about ourselves, and she sees Tina, uh, you know, young nineteen year old, you know, with her with her with her thong on in the gym doing like twerking on camera. It's like 
it's so, and it shouldn't be because that got know, me banned like, from three gyms. Yeah. <laughs> it's all right for Tina. Taylor does it. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. not acceptable. Well, I mean, it's, it's 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 difficult. It's really hard, you, you know. Um, but anyway, that that's just maybe me. Okay, being so, an old man. no, no, I I completely agree with you. Um, and from someone who was that person, who I was absolutely petrified of going to the gym, and it was like I said, like it wasn't till kind of going through that my own little kind of journey to realize, well, actually, I'm there for me. I'm there for kind of no one else. And as long as you're kind of doing it for the right, I mean, I don't understand how people have the time to kind of do all that kind of <laughs> taking of the pictures and stuff in the gym. I'm there, literally, I've got yeah. sweat in my eyes. Like I've got that weird kind of sweat patch under like my man boobs. And it's just like, nobody wants to see that. So I literally get in there, do what I need to do. And I'm out on the, with the rest of my day. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, it's, it's addictive. And like yeah. anything, uh, when you see people like your, it's kind of a little slight tangent, when you see people like your posts or your videos on social media, you, it's, a, it's, a, it's a dopamine hit, isn't it? You, yeah. you, it's, it? You're releasing the same hormone spike as you would doing a line of cocaine. So, you know, not quite as dramatic, but, but you're still spiking. Mm. So the, 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 the problem with that is that if you put a little bit more bum on the camera, you, you turn the angle a little bit more, you... You, you, you push that boundary a little bit more, you get more likes, you get more engagement, you get more views. And very quickly, that addictive dopamine hit can yeah. become absolutely, um, uh, it's like you you can't wait for it, you demand it. And um, it's very hard. Once you've built momentum up and you start getting those likes and those hits, you know, it's, it's hard to then start putting your, um, your, your, to not do it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Not put those likes. It, so it's really difficult. That's what I think a lot of us don't realise. We've got to be really careful about not just building confidence, but building confidence in the right way. Are we getting confidence to the things that we want to be confident about? Are we actually um, confident because we are happy with ourselves, happy with what we're projecting out into the world, happy with the relationships we're building and what we're doing to impact our small network of people around us? Or are we feeling confident because we're getting more likes because our arse looks better on a camera? Like, if that if that really does make you feel confident and proud at night, fantastic. You're doing the right thing for you. But if you're having a slight argument with yourself about that discussion when you're on your own at night, if you really stop to think about it, because that's what a lot of people don't know, stop to think about it. But if you did, then maybe that's your gut actually telling you maybe this probably isn't the right thing to do. So... I would say maybe listen to that a little bit more, especially if you're sort of 19, because uh, the problem with social media and things these days is those videos aren't going anywhere. Once they're up there and they're also online, it's difficult to that's change it. it. So, yeah, that's me being an old man. So, Wow. <laughs> do you feel better now? <laughs> I do, mate. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. That's my counselling session. Anyway, isn't it? <laughs> I'll send you the bit afterwards. <laughs> yeah, nice one. <laughs> to be fair, though, I want to kind of quickly round that off a little bit because it is a really important subject. And I know there's people that listen to this podcast and who are kind of engaged with and um, through social media about kind of like the gym and stuff like that. Um, what advice would you give to someone who is potentially like a little bit worried or self-conscious or even scared of going to the gym? Yeah, it, it's so common. It really, it really is so common. Um, you're going to be terrified. So first thing to recognise is that that's totally normal. You're not on your own. Um, and the vast majority of people feel like you do and not the other way around like Tina, um, 100%. The difficulty is the, the, the vast majority aren't posting those videos up. That's why it looks like there's a discrepancy between um, the amount of scared people on Instagram because they don't post about these. I'm not going to the gym today because I'm scared. That's not going to get money views, is it? Um, so first thing is you're not alone. You're, 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 in, you're in the bigger percentage of people. Second thing is don't feel like that fear is ever going to go away. So it's not like you're going to wake up one day and think, oh, I'm not scared anymore. Sound, I can go. What you've got to accept is you are going to be terrified. It's a bit like doing a bungee jump or about like doing um, jumping out of a plane or whatever. And you just got to embrace it. Like there, there is unfortunately no way around it other than 
you've got to do the hardest thing. You've got to put that gym kit on and you've got to step into an environment, into a gym, um, that, that way you're going to feel un really, really bloody uncomfortable. And like with any achievement or goal, you've got to set yourself a really small um, horizon. So it might literally be for you, if it's an open gym, I'm going to go into the gym and I'm going to go on the treadmill for 10 minutes and then I'm going to leave. That's it. So all I'm going to do today. And that's it. But I've stepped in the gym and I've completed it. And it's like any, you know, if you run a marathon, if you focus on reaching the 26 mile finish line, it's going to be a long old race. But if you focus on going to the next lamppost, oh, brilliant, well, I'll go to the next lamppost, and you break it down to these small incremental goals, you start to get this self-recognition of success. And that's the key for motivation, because if you recognize that the effort you're putting into something is having a success, then you're gonna make more of the efforts to get more of the same success. And it builds momentum and inertia to carry yourself forwards. So long story short, first of all, you're not alone. There's a lot of people just in your position that are scared. Second thing is not gonna go away. You've just got to really front up and break down those goals and give yourself something small to try and get to. Get into a gym, it might be one class, it might be one treadmill session that you should get in the 10 minutes and do. But I promise you, the elation of achieving it will massively outweigh, always outweigh the anxiety that you feel before you actually do it in the first place. <laughs> yeah, that was brilliant. <laughs> God, I'm not literally going to listen to this back like on repeat, just not sound. <laughs> One of the things that obviously from following you and stuff like that, I can see is that really pushing yourself out of your comfort zone can have this huge positive impact, not only your mental health, but on your physical health. And one of the things that I did want to talk to you about, obviously, before we get into kind of what's led you to this point, but obviously you're, you're fighting this week, aren't you? On the, on the 20th. Is. Yeah, fine. This, Saturday, this, this, this Saturday is a grappling competition, the Grapple Fest, um, which is basically like where you're rolling around, cuddling each other, trying to strangle and break each other's arms. It's it's um, <laughs> it's, it's one, of, one of them. Um, Sounds lovely. And then, and then, <laughs> I, yeah, and then two weeks later, I'm in a uh, cage fight on in cage steel, and then two weeks after that, I'm fighting again in, in Bolton Arena for another cage fight. So. Um, but, but, but the context behind that is I finished playing rugby, which we can go into from injury and I went down this little chasm. But the, the one of the things I then promised myself was that I need to be doing something that terrifies me. What I learned from rugby was that every week I was scared. Every week that I played, I was scared. Yeah. And I didn't really embrace that fear. I, I, I ran away from it in a lot of ways. And one of the things that led me to getting the title, I think, is the most banned Super League player in one season ever was the fact that that um, I played on a knife edge of flight or fight, and predominantly yeah. my fight rather than flight. And uh, the, the the I the, I I matched this fear of being scared and terrified by you know pure anger and energy and passion rather than this controlled methodical process of dealing with things and mm. I think we all do that I think we're so quick in life generally to respond with emotion rather than with um intelligence and with control and with 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 actually thinking about what we're doing if you look back at all the mistakes you've made in life it's always when you've been emotional it's never when you've yeah. been anything you regret in your life, anything you've done that you're not happy with or not proud of, has always been done out of emotion. It's never been done out of like thought and, and, and um, probably try to look for the word here to articulate myself, but um, it's not been really planned and thought yeah. out into doing it. Um, but when you approach life and you respond to things with that methodical sort of planning intellect, you always seem to do things better. Um, and it's very hard, therefore, to approach things you're terrified with in this controlled manner. And how do you get better at that? Well, you do more things you're scared of. Yeah. It's quite simple, right? Um, but you do it with an element of control. And, and I found, okay, well, what absolutely terrifies me? And it was getting into a, having a cage fight. Now, most people, I'd say most people, would probably be most scared of the actual fight. So, you know, what yeah. could happen to the, the danger or like that. Now, for me, um, that's never scared me because, you know, that, 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 that part of it, 
I actually love, which is probably a bit weird. Aren't I? <laughs> but uh, but that, that, that bit, you know, having a fight, having that element of competition and stuff, fantastic, love it. What terrifies me is the ego. So going into a cage with another man in front of my wife, in front of my children, in front of my friends, my peers, and being beaten up or losing or being dominated, that challenges my masculine ego. And I straight away, when I realised that, thought, ah, hang on, that's a problem, mate. That's a problem. Why do you think that you deserve or you are justifying your manhood by how well you can fight? Because that's wrong. Yeah, that's, that's like totally caveman wrong. mentality, isn't that, it? Totally. That is like really, really weak mentality, right? And that's stemming from probably some young, macho sort of testosterone-filled culture. And I identified it and I thought, hang on, that's what you've done in your rugby career. You've been terrified of not losing rugby matches, but of being dominated or losing your manhood. Because in your frame of mind, your perspective, you don't want to be overdone. And I thought, ah, this is mad. This is crazy. Because throughout my life as a young man, this has been my trigger. If anyone, you know, you, you can't say anything bad about my girlfriend. You can't say anything about my mate. I, you can't call me or yeah. other, other people. I've got to stand up for that. No, you don't. Why do you? <laughs> you, you, you you're weak. It's pathetic. It's absolutely, yeah, absolutely pathetic. So I've, I've got to challenge myself. I've got to do this. I've got to be able to go into these um really scary situations with and and try and put my ego at bay mm. and try and think you know the, you are not um a, 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 you are you who, who do you define yourself as a man is, is it because how you can fight or is it because how good you are as being a dad is it because you do the right things at home is it because you try and live um the right life that's true to your morals that's true to your beliefs is it because you treat people kindly and fairly? Is it because you're able to receive crap off people and still remain calm and in control and not be triggered and actually treat people with kindness in the face of, um, of, of, of them not, not being nice to you? And all these things was, was, was things that I wanted to be. And I thought that, hang on, if I actually challenge myself in this really extreme context in an MMA fight, then um, I can actually transfer these skills that I'm learning and developing into my everyday life as well. And obviously, as an ex-rugby player and professional athlete, I'm doing things um, on a spectrum that is probably beyond what most people can um, relate to. But that doesn't mean that the same principle can't apply to so many people and everyone, I believe, in fact. And that is that building resilience doing things that you're scared of doing, but doing them anyway, and building resilience and doing the things that you don't want to do because you know it's the right thing to do, i.e. going to the gym, even though you can't be asked and you don't want to do it, and you're absolutely shit terrified of doing it because of fear of judgment, and you still go regardless of all those factors, that resilience and mental strength that you're growing and building can transfer to everything else you do in life. It could be something as simple as um, I, I in, 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 in relationships, you know, being being faithful, for example. I'm I'm going to be faithful to my partner. You know, a lot of men uh, that I've talked to will talk about, you know, yeah, but I was pissed and I was out on this night out and it was like, you know, it's hard, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it is hard. It's really hard. We all get our heads turned. That's part of being in a relationship, especially um, this day and age. Mm. So what are you going to do? You're going to just sit back and go, oh, well, if I'm in a situation that, that where that comes along, that I might fold. Bollocks. Do you, do you, you have to build resilience. And building that strength in the gym capacity isn't just getting your biceps stronger. It's doing shit that you don't want to do. So you could be out the night out, go, oh, I really want to go here. But you go, no, and I've got the mental strength to not do it purely because I'm developing that mental strength. Because previous up to that, the last six months, I've gone to 200 gym sessions. I really didn't want to do it, but I did it anyway. I really don't want to go home right now or not give you my number but I'm going to do it anyway. So that's just one example of where building resilience can have a transferable effect into everyday life for a lot of men. Um, and it all stems from doing things that you don't want to do. And the, 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 the flag in the sand, your horizon, should be the things that absolutely terrify you. 
you need to go into a motivational speaking or something because I'm literally like laughing every word of this. <laughs> but there's there's a lot there to kind of like unpick. And obviously your rugby career from the sounds of thing was a real kind of outlet for you in terms of kind of like you, whether it was your ego or you mentioned like the anger words, but to kind of get that out was was that fair to say that that was an outlet for you like back in the days of kind of like because we I mean we all did it you know like when we were growing up like we all thought we were the dog's bollocks at one point and was that kind of did that go hand in hand totally yeah yeah I I I, I had ADHD from being quite young um my my mum and dad separated also when I was quite young so I had that probably fear of abandonment fear of um um you know will people leave me constantly trying to prove myself even though that it was nothing to do with me you don't have the emotional intelligence to understand that about your mum and dad when you when you were young um you had the ADHD so sort of back in the day that was naughty child syndrome we were more aware of these um as being an actual genuine problem um and I had severe anxiety and all of these uh mental health issues were perpetuated by um this this ego that sort of was became inflated you know i became sort of the cock of my school as it as it were and you know what found that oh right well when i back this guy up or when i have a little bit of drama and have this fight then i get a little bit of attention and confidence it's It's like like a lethal cocktail isn't it i've kind of a mixture of things there that kind of and i don't think at that time and i think obviously we sit here now like as kind of like as men and we're obviously very open and honest about how we feel and obviously the struggles that we face but when we were kind of that age we didn't have a clue what was going on so literally no. if we were getting that little bit of praise and obviously if we were doing certain things that were getting like like us that attention of course we're going to kind of keep doing that we're going to keep going on in that way because that's what we think is what we need to kind of be accepted in a way. I completely agree, yeah. I think it's similar to what we talked about initially about the social media stuff. When you're getting the likes and the affirmations, even though you might be doing a behaviour that doesn't really sit well with you, um, because you're getting the attention for it and you're getting the likes, um, you 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 can't help but do more of the bad behaviour because you want to build confidence. And obviously, as a young, young teenager, you're going through all sorts of changes in your body, your hormones are all over the place. You're just trying to find level ground. And it's that fight for um, being the top dog and being respected and having friends and being liked. You, you, you absolutely, that's, that's the, that's the be all and end all. Um, so, you know, the, the difficulty is if when you go with it, if you're anything like me, what happened was um, you do all that, but then you go home at night and you hate yourself. Mm. You don't understand why. But you, you start to get really angry and you get these absolute surges of anger. I know I had punching walls till my knuckles bled and causing problems, having to go at my mum and, you know, being, being just being an arsehole, basically. Um, because really now knowing in reflection, it's always easy in hindsight, isn't it? It was because I hated myself. It was because yeah. I knew deep down that the actions that I was doing, living every day, wasn't the Jamie that really wanted to be but I didn't have the emotional intelligence or the perspective to be able to understand that that was going on so I was just living with this emotional sort of reaction day to day and confused and anxious and angry and not really understanding any of it and um, ideally the best the best solution I think as a young man specifically is to have role models and to have uh, a male figure that that can teach you humility Um, you know, and, uh, you know, if there'd be an equivalent rugby player that had basically collared me and gone, what the hell do you think you're doing, pal? Yeah. Like, look at you, you're pathetic, the way you're acting. I would have been like, oh, my God. Um, and really listened, jaw opened, and just tried to try to do what they were saying. But um, that's why it's so important, I think, for ex-rugby players, ex-athletes, role models, to try and make their voices heard because they can have so much influence on young men specifically um, to try and improve their way of life. Yeah. And so, I think this is why I have so much respect for you and obviously even joining me today is because you know what it's like to be that person. So kind of 
it, I mean, it comes down to kind of every level of, of anyone kind of sharing their story. Like, you don't want other people to feel how that, how you felt at that particular yeah. time. What kind of still on that journey, obviously you're still kind of like that, you're not still now, but like kind of going back a little bit, like obviously when you were going through that kind of phase of like being angry, like you kind of hate yourself, like what changed? Like what kind of happened for you to get from that Jamie to the Jamie that you are today? So I obviously, what I found was, was, was exercise and rugby specifically was a really fantastic tool that I uh, unknowingly sort of utilised to sort of get rid of all this chaos. So when I was on the pitch and I was tackling people and running, it would calm my mind and I was suddenly able to get rid of this anger. But not just that, I respected people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I respected other better players, players that could, you know, kick 12 bells of crap out of me. Um, and and it, it taught me an element of humility, I suppose. And I projected a lot of my demons into my playing. Um, and that eventually got me into making it as a professional rugby player. Um, but really... I, I was brushing a lot of the stuff under the carpet that I was going, going through because once rugby becomes your profession, you, you, you're exercising so much and training so regularly, you're not having to face these demons because yeah. you're utilising them as a little bit of a fire to play every day and to train every day. Um, it was really the, 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 the big catalyst, I suppose, for making me deal with it all was when I broke my neck two years ago um, and that was obviously a career-ending injury um, you know within waking up not after oh, I was so glad to be playing but the surgeon and the so I couldn't play anymore the RFL so they wouldn't ensure me to play anymore with the injury that I'd had mm-hmm. so it meant I, I, I couldn't play anymore um, and straight away I lost my purpose my identity but also the thing that I was utilizing to to keep my head clear every day and that 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 was debilitating it, it, it you know it, within a month I was trying to kill myself I didn't want to be here um and it was only due to my support network that they didn't leave me alone for a second that enabled me to come through it um but that was the catalyst for me personally but I think for a lot of these things the people dealing with similar sort of things that I'm going through in whatever capacity that they're feeling it mm-hmm. depression anxiety these severe bouts maybe to the extent that I went through where you you genuinely are wanting to take your own life um did you normally, uh, for personal <clears throat> from did you I'm just going to say this now like I'm so fucking glad that you're still here because even some of the stuff that you've said in this conversation have real kind of given me a kick up the like the ass to kind of like yeah and like focus and give me that different perspective. Oh, so I'm so glad that you're still here and oh, grateful of your thanks. support network because it's, it's stories like this that kind of really keep me going and makes me realize like oh yeah when I was going through obviously not a similar thing but when I was that kind of like that rock bottom like not knowing what to do and then it's stories like this that kind of give me that motivation. I hate I hate the idea when people turn around and say, "Yeah, but it could be worse." Yeah, but it could be like it's like, "Oh bollocks!" I know it's not happening. Yeah, we know it could be worse, mate. We know it could be worse. But when you're dealing with your problems, they're the worst to you because you're you. So don't try and compare them with anyone else. It's a it's futile. So what, what what is the point? It makes no sense. Like I'm all for being grateful. And, and being appreciative of what we've got and, and gratitude is a really empowering uh, thing that I think we all need to practice. Um, it, 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 me- it makes fear literally disappear when you're grateful. Um, but, but, when, but, but trying to use gratitude to the extent that it nullifies your issues and your problems you're dealing with, I think is a load of bollocks. Um, so, I wouldn't I wouldn't urge anyone to try and do that because I think in a lot of ways it's completely disregarding what any individual is going through and you can see someone that is um you know an A-list celebrity you know someone like Johnny Depp or you know some you know Marilyn Monroe back in the day who to turn to things like suicide and and stuff like that because they can't handle it so I don't care what where you're coming from in life we've all got issues that are difficult for us individually and i'm fully aware that 
there's a full spectrum and a hell of a lot of people, hell of a lot worse off than I am. Um, but that doesn't mean that I can't feel shit about my problems. Um, and that relates to everyone else on the planet as well. So, um, yeah, sorry, I've got a bit of a tangent there. Quite no, mate, that. it is literally, yeah. it is fucking brilliant. It's yeah. absolutely spot on for whatever but, ever but, this podcast stands for. So carry on. Yeah, but, but I think, it's, uh, no, so I think, I think going back to uh, the, the initial point about there being something, something uh, like a catalyst for a lot of people, there's normally something which is like where you hit um, rock bottom. Yeah. And it and it, and it could be something. Um, uh, for me, it was um, coming out to my partner about like my wife. I, I I became sort of addicted to cocaine off the back of um, being depressed and 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 using utilizing that to try and make me feel better. Definitely not the right way to go. Anyone out there's going to go down that path. Um, but it's it's it it was the fear of losing her and her turning around and saying, I'm, I'm, if you carry, like, I'm with you to the end, but you've got to stop this. You've got the, you've got to come clean about everything. And it was coming clean about the cocaine and talking about all that. That was really the pivotal thing of like, I've got a problem. It was almost like admitting that I have got a problem with it. Um, goosebumps. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, uh, that, that, that was the, I've got a, I've got a tattoo actually on my wrist um, of the of the date that I admitted that to myself as sort of my wow. flag in the sand. Like, well, that's going to be me. That's me being honest with myself that I now know that I have. Uh, I, I would still argue myself. I've got a problem with cocaine. Um, I've not I've not touched it in over eighteen months, but the. Um, the but I know if I was in a certain environment with certain people, mm. I would, I, I couldn't say no, no way. I'm not strong yeah. enough yet. Um, so there's, it's important for me therefore to go out and try and build resilience because I'm aware that there is this monster. I call him venom cliche again, um, <laughs> that, I, that I live with all the time. And it's interesting because the old me, again, going off a tangent would have fought against that. So yeah, I've gone through a little bit of a transition in my life and maybe people can identify with this a little bit if you're listening to it at home. But the young me, the young Jamie, had no idea that I had two parts to who I am. The, the young me just thought, didn't even think that was going too far, just reacted. It, it just impulsively lived. Uh, there was no thought behind consequences. I just reacted emotionally to everything I did in my life. And that's, that's what I did. The next stage of my life was I sort of understood, okay, there's a side to you that is nasty. You yeah. have got a side to you where you can be an absolute monster, an asshole. You can lie, you can cheat, you're a drug addict, you, you can manipulate people, you can change your personality to suit um, and befriend people the way you want to befriend people. And you can do it to such a, you can do it so well that you can, you 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 don't even have to be aware that you're doing it but it was all it but you 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 um you, but i was doing it i did it for years and you hate yourself for it and there's these two sides to it. so you start to recognize okay i've got two sides to me and i hated that person i hated that side of me um but it, rather than therefore talking to it in that internal monologue we've all got mm. we've all got it as we're both talking now and if you listen to this at home you can hear that voice in your head probably going shut up your bald twat <laughs> as he's talking but whatever it might be that said what you're talking about we've all got that voice right we've all got it in our head and i just tried to shut it i just let it do its thing right and, it, yeah. and it, it's almost like i'd go okay you your turn go 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 right back to jamie now but whenever i went back to jamie i hated myself and, 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 I, and I was so uncomfortable. My skin itched. I couldn't sleep. Um, and in reflection, as I've talked about already, it was because I, knew, I now know it was because I hated the fact I was doing it. Yeah. And it's going through this sort of dramatic uh, part of my life of not wanting to be here anymore, going through this deep, deep depression and suicidal and everything like that made me actually have to almost become friends with this person. Monster. 
this monster. And it was like, okay, okay, you are a monster. But I'd spent my life where it was me, Jamie, this feeble little man or boy. And I've got this big, uncontrollable monster that wherever he wants to, whenever shit hits the fan, whenever things get nasty, I get emotional. Sweet, you go, lad. Yeah. You take Go on, Venom, have a, have a, have a dig, mate. Um, and that, that's what I did. Now, what, what, the, the, what squashed me with this depression is suddenly I hadn't, I didn't have rugby anymore. So it was almost, I keep calling him Venom. It's embarrassing. But it, <laughs> I didn't have a, I didn't have a platform for this monster to live on. It had no thing to feed on anymore. Rugby was this ego-driven culture yeah. where I was playing every week. I could go and hurt people. I could go and do these things. I could be this monster in so many manipulative ways. Um, I was going out the nights on the Sundays after games, you know, having bags of cocaine and living this life where this monster was out of control. But Jamie was this like tiny little body, this creature that was only coming out every now and again. Now, losing rugby meant that it had no platform and it meant that it was squashed and it meant that I had to grow this little feeble Jamie had to start becoming a bit stronger and dealing with it to just survive and as I started to get a little bit stronger I started to realize hang on I'm I'm all right this person's all right this person wants to have deep conversations this person is all right to cry this person's all right to be emotional this person's all right to say that I love cuddles in the evening. I love to, I love, um, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm all right to listen to Mariah Carey at Christmas. Um, <laughs> it's all, all, but, you know, I'm, a, I'm allowed to do all this shit. This is fine. And this Venom character can, can, can do one. Um, and, and, and as I sort of became friends, I say friends, it's weird, isn't it? I'm, I'm a weird, I'm weird. No, but I think it's, it's really, like, it's really incredible to hear because it's kind of, obviously you're self-aware but in a very good way because like in a sort of way like as much as there was a time when I imagine that you felt like you weren't in control of this kind of character but in a way the way that you're describing it is that you kind of were because there were times when you allowed it to come out because you had no kind yeah, of yeah well I think I think the point the point is when when I was emotionally triggered Mm. um it just came out there was no control really there yeah whereas now there is very much a a control so like Venom's there, like I'm sure in the last minute of the cage fight, if I'm losing, he was allowed to come oh, out. There. You know I mean? <laughs> um, uh, he's there, he's there in the capacity when I when I see when I when I see shit, like when I see people being unjust, when I'm people when I see people being virtue virtue signaling, when I when I'm when I'm scared to call someone out for being for being an idiot, and I and I go no, you are an idiot. I don't care about being judged. That, you know you can come out you, you know so that so that that monster is still there it's just now having the control to kind of go you're coming out on my terms and i think what's quite important is is it was whilst this might sound quite mad to a lot of people we've all got it and and i think sometimes scare we've all got this person this inner monologue in our minds and i think often not enough people um in my experience men um, have the capacity to be monstrous. Jordan Peterson talks about this actually. Mm. And sometimes they can be the most scary people. You know, the people that see things that they don't, that don't sit well with them, but haven't got the capacity to stand up for what they believe in because they're too scared of being judged or being confrontational or what that might lead to. So having the, having the strength to actually go, no, that is wrong. That's not acceptable. No, you're being a bully. No, I'm not going to laugh at that joke just because everyone else is laughing around on the WhatsApp group. Um, I'm going to say, no, nah, you're being a, you're being a twat. Shut up. You know, I, I'm in the group of men and we're all looking at the girls on the night out, bringing it up again. Oh, go on, let's go back. No, stop being a twat. Your wife's at home. Have a yeah. minute. Stop being an arsehole. Don't, don't laugh. Don't carry it on because you're doing them as your services, your mate. And you're doing you a disservice as a mate because you're 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 allowing it to happen. So these these you know whether it be in a gym context, when your mate says, "Oh, I can't really be asked today. Should we have a should we have, should we have a day off and we'll go and get a coffee?" No, no, be a monster. We've got to go. 
we don't want to go. We both know we don't want to go. We're both tired. We're both stressed. So we need to go. And it's that monster that needs to come out time and time again, but in this controlled manner. That, so we've all got it, but we've got to sort of harness it and feed the monster on the right stuff um, rather than just allow it to come out when someone cuts you off on the road driving or when someone annoys you. And then you've got no control because that monster is just living off emotional reaction. Mm. I know what? It's not often that I'm lost for words like on my own show, but mate, it's... I, I, I'm saying I think this is probably one of the best conversations I've actually had on this podcast. Uh, yeah, hundred percent. I think it's good to talk about all these all these things, isn't it? I think because um, what what I definitely found in my personal experience is I never used to even stop to reflect on my thoughts. So yeah. the idea of even stopping, um, um, I used to I used to say things like, um, and it might be interesting uh, thing for people to do at home. Like when people used to say to me, you know, how are you feeling? I'm angry. I'm ready. I'm motivated. All right. Well, there are a few emotions. Can you feel the T-shirt on your skin? Yep. Well, why haven't you said I'm feeling T-shirt on skin? That's a feeling. I'm feeling, I'm feeling the floor under my feet. I'm feeling the table under my arms right now. They're all feelings. Why does that, why, do, why does me feeling angry take precedent over those feelings? So when someone asks me how I'm feeling, why why would it not be normal for me to say I'm feeling t-shirt on skin as much as I'm feeling cold today or upset today or angry today? They're all feelings. And the thing is, we feel feelings and abundance of feelings all the time, millions of feelings. And whichever feeling we decide to focus on, that's what we project. But the crucial catalyst for understanding the discrepancy between between our perspective change on feelings is to identify into identify sorry that we are not our feelings we are us i'm still jamie i might be feeling angry but i'm not angry i might be feeling t-shirt on skin but i'm not t-shirt on skin i'm jamie <laughs> and and just the acknowledgement as mad as that sounds of identifying you're not your emotional state gives you the confidence and the ability to then decide to act how you want to act not to act with this emotional state of flux that's clouding how you actually want to be and live and i think if the more there's one big tool that i've learned like you know someone cut you up on the road ah it's made me so angry yeah but i can also feel the steering wheel in my hands i also feel that right okay i still feel how 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 does jamie want to react kindness right he might have had a bad day yeah feel sorry for him yeah sound okay suddenly within three within three reflections your perspective can go oof, right back down and um, that's that's a really good tool that i've that i've learned to utilize so just identifying we're not our emotions and at the same time just like little waves or the tide hitting the sea we're constantly experiencing emotions going in one ear out the other all the time we have no no ability to control what we're feeling. We can't help whether we feel sad, lonely, happy, tired, you know, strong, sick, t-shirt on skin, bored, whatever it might be. Um, uh, but but we are feeling all those feelings all the time, and and trying to trying to not feel things is pointless. The the most important thing is just to recognise I'm feeling this. There you go. It is what it is. Communicate how you feel and recognise that you're not your feelings. You're still you. Mm. You're fucking brilliant. Honestly, it is brilliant. Um, we're, sp- we're speaking about like emotions and stuff like that. And obviously quite a lot on the show. I Music is my biggest coping mechanism. Like it's my go-to, whether I'm t-shirt on skin whether I'm happy whether I'm sad like that is my go-to so obviously you've mentioned Mariah Carey there at Christmas yeah you know big fan of well it's probably one of the best Christmas songs so what else is playing like what song makes you cry oh mate listen music I am 100% with you I think music is the gateway to the soul it is just (laughs) um my wrestling coach, uh, he's, he's my hero, Darren, Darren Morris, his name, get him in there. Um, 
he once argued that the well he says anyone who says that you can't be born with talent or you or talent is only something that you practice try and try and become good at singing from um from when you can't sing in the first place it's something you're born with so i really envy um singers uh massively or something that i wish that i had but what makes so what song makes me cry um i think it depends what mood I'm, mood i'm in I'm, I'm again i'm being a bit of an old man but i think the um i think this this genre this this era of music that we're in at the moment probably isn't my favorites I'm, I'm much more of a sort of agreed a, a 80 sort of uh rock country country music um like johnny cash um all 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 that you know the chili peppers all sort of some of the older bands um even like even some of the hardcore rock back in the like iron maiden and all all like the um all, all that sort of i've got a dry i've got a driving rock anthems on my um playlist <laughs> In the right moments, that can make me start tearing up. But um, Tennessee Whiskey, that's uh, the song, my first dance Ooh. song. By, by Chris, Chris Staples. Staples. Yes, yes. Yeah, he's the, he's the, he's I just gave me goosebumps. <laughs> yeah, Chris, Chris Stapleton stuff. Um, uh, yeah, they're, 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 there's so many songs. I think, um, depending on what's happened, context you or mood you're feeling whatever you're feeling at the time uh the different songs can sort of trigger those emotional states I, i'm also one for lyrics so i really like the oh, lyrics of songs yes. and and, I, and sometimes if i tune in on the right lyrics um that, that can set me off uh, <laughs> on, on a car journey so yeah to answer your question loads of music can make me cry <laughs> Do you know what? I feel like there's the roundabout, but I feel like you're the only guest that's ever really gave me a proper answer. Because <laughs> no one knows what to say, because I think there's a, there's an element of people like being like, oh, I don't know what to say because I don't want to say that certain song. Or you get like the, oh yeah, no, certain genres make me cry. This is like, come on, everyone's got that song. So oh, I'm yeah. a huge fan of Tennessee Whiskey, the song. Yeah, Chris Davidson is the, <laughs> he's, he's the man. He's the man. Yeah, um, no better. Mate, you have been an absolute dream guest. Honestly, it has had everything for me, everything that, that what this kind of podcast stands for, like with the kind of like the, the journey and kind of now on a real kind of platform to make the world a better place for the people and people who have maybe related to things that we've spoken about or even you know they're, they're not speaking about it but they're they've related in some certain way to whatever we've spoke about so i can't thank you enough for joining me well, for a while well, mate, it's, you know i think it's really important um to to get out there and just try and similar to what i said about before as an ex rugby player um to, to talk about these issues because i know that if i spoke to my young 14 year old self and i had an equivalent me speaking I would have listened purely on the fact that um, I've got a black eye and I've played rugby. And, and as shallow as that is, it's, it's the 14-year-old perspective um, for, for a lot of men. Um, and, and essentially, that's why I created our, the, the app, Banish. Um, of course. This is the point, right? I don't, I, I've created Banish off the back of, off back of everything. Which is the UK's first mental health app that utilizes exercise to, to, to help people check, take charge of their mental well being. In the same way, I used um, exercise just sort of to create something that to help people that maybe have not got the expertise that I've got in terms of professional rugby and owning gyms and training people over the years um, and, and give them a tool that, 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 I can, that, that I can help them with. But the, 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 the reasoning behind was because I, I found that when I was going through that hard time, it was so difficult for me to get into the gym and train. And one of the things that I felt that I was really lonely on, and on my own, mm -hmm. and I felt like nobody got it and understood. So I thought it'd be really important if I could, I as a person could say, listen, I get how you're feeling. I, I've got all the expertise in training, but I feel just like you did. I promise you. And I then 
take people on the workout i i'm with you every step of the way and it's a voice that you can know it's it's everything's created in there about checking in with how you feel before you train and then checking in out after, after how you feel so you can see that there's a percentage increase and a recognition between your mental state before and after workout so exercise becomes much more about changing how you feel than than any other thing like the fitness and the, the improvement is a is a byproduct but really developing resili resilience confidence and feeling better about yourself and banishing your demons is why you're actually exercising and ideally you've got me someone who has been in that dark place with you every step of the way so you don't have to feel lonely you've got there and then thrown in there as we both love it which i'm brilliant is that you can play all your own music so all your own music um integrates a little bit like um like google maps does it, it fades in and out as i'm talking as you work out so so you can choose your own music because as we both said music's so individual if you want to if you want if you want to squat to britney spears or i carry or you want to <laughs> squat to thin lizzie or you know coldplay then obviously they're all going to be different workouts um or strong so choices there <laughs> yeah so 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 it's important that you're getting um, the right music for you. But 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 to be honest, when I built the app, it, it was because I wanted to try and flip a negative into a positive. I wanted to try and give back. And I found a little bit like it, it was a therapeutic mission because I felt the more I threw myself into try and help other people dealing with these similar stuff in a selfless way, it, I found, or sorry, in a selfish way, even though it was it could be looked at or perceived as selfless, um, I found it was making me feel a lot better. So the more I helped people and the more I threw myself into building the app and, and, and changing people's lives that, you know, broken people fix broken people and all that, um, the, the more it built my own confidence and, and resilience. So it was a little think bit of a... from going through that phase, especially after like the rugby kind of the, the career ended, if you like, and having that sense of like loss of purpose, do you think, Banish is now kind of reignited that purpose and that kind of passion again. Definitely, definitely, absolutely. I, th I think I've I, I think I've found something that I'm so passionate about. Uh, I, I um I think probably a few people have said it, but unless you've been in rock bottom like yourself, you you really can't. It's hard to articulate what it feels like to someone that hasn't, and it's almost like anyone who's felt like that is sort of joined by experience yeah. and and we've all we without even having to say it we can all we all understand and it's almost like all of us broken people are connected on this like other level of where we're like you just if, if you're talking to somebody who hasn't been there it's like you just have no idea mate mm. what how just go and train just feel a bit better about yourself other people have it worse it's like oh man you just don't you just you don't get it you don't get it like the, you can't explain it and my ambition is just to try and have no one in the world feeling like that <laughs> because it's just not on it's not right you know unless you're some sort of sadistic pedophile or mass murderer then you know maybe then you can feel like that fair play but um for the for the vast majority of people then um there, you, you sh people shouldn't feel like that it's just not on so creating trying to do my bit to i don't think exercise helps everyone i don't think everyone will find it as profoundly um, beneficial as i found it um i think art music reading other different sorts of stuff a collaboration of many things probably is the best uh, thing that i could advise but i wanted to create something that for anyone that does find that exercise can be as profoundly beneficial as I've found it, can have something in their pocket to lean on when they need it. Um, and again, it is a cliche, but if it helps just a few people, um, then 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 I've done my job and I'll feel proud of myself for sort of not throwing money into maybe some property, which could have been dead easy. Um, and, and rather than going out on a limb and giving up a few years of my life to try and create something that I could, think that I could actually show my kids when I'm older and and say look you know I went through this shit as a as a person and um this is what I did after it and I've tried to do my bit to sort of 
um, not be a bit of a mild ass and cry about it, but but sort of stand on my feet and get up off the floor and and do something important and and um, you know do something profound right off the back of it uh, and practice what I preach and try and walk the walk, not just talk it. Hey, it's <clears throat> it's fucking inspiring, and I hate saying cheesy little lines like that because. You know, it's it it just sounds cheesy, but it is genuinely so inspiring. Like, I'm gonna be brutally honest here. Like, I downloaded it, I did it for a month, and I feel yeah. like it kind of kickstarted this kind of like journey for me to be like, you like I was saying about being scared of going to the gym. Like, I was never really invested in myself. Like, I'd quite easily yeah. go out at the weekend. I'd spend stupid amounts on like alcohol. You know, I'd buy stupid amounts of like takeaway but I'd never kind of invest in me. So that kind of, when I first started using like the Banish app, which any app store, you can download it now. <laughs> Turn that in. Um, it gave me that kind of reassurance that was like, well, you, you know, regardless of like your kind of price frame or whatever you kind of want you, what your outcome to be like taking that first step and whatever kind of your outlet yeah, is. And that, like you're bang on that. That is what it's there for. It's, it's in no way, something that i think people should have as their as their fitness regime it's not designed for that banish is designed as something that you can have in your pocket that on the days you're feeling really anxious and you you can't get to the gym for whatever reason you can whip out whip out your phone and do a 10 15 minute workout in wherever you are and have me motivating you through it on those really tough days that you don't want to do it you might only do one a week or a couple a week or a couple of months like that that's it it's you know it, it's for, for, for i think it's about nine quid a month for, for the app if you're going to utilize it for that it's, it's, it, it serves its purpose but it i might my, my ambition is it, it can do exactly what you said it can be something that if someone's really anxious about going to the gym for the first uh, first time or haven't been for ages it can be something they can just start to do that motivates them to do that next step that next step again that next step again and just sort of create a bit of inertia and momentum to to carry people forward um it, it and, and and again as i said music you know i've learned an instrument i learned the ukulele and the guitar over the last couple, yeah <laughs> um, uh, the last couple of years so it, again it's 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 not just everything i think it's important that we're reading books we're getting out there we're, we're trying to self and, and develop ourselves in lots of capacities and if you're fortunate enough to be um for for, for a tenner a month to be uh, financially viable for you then um and you and you and you resonate with a lot of things that maybe i've talked about today or um you, you know share my sort of beliefs or values then i believe that you could benefit from it but as i, I don't want to repeat myself too much but it needs to be something that you lean on haphazardly and 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 utilize to create momentum not something that's like right what do you do every week for your exercise routine oh i do banish it's like well no 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 you need more than that you need to see people you need to get into communities you need to go and do things and not live behind your phone screen doing exercise every day it needs to be something that you only lean on every now and again um i want you to go and do a load of other crap that scares the life out of you on top of that i'm gonna go learn the ukulele (laughs) because <laughs> yeah, yeah, there yeah. is absolutely no fucking way I'm getting in a cage to fight <laughs> oh, mate you like I said before like absolute dream guest like I've reson like the stuff you've said has resonated with me like even the stuff you put out on social media like straight away it's like a bit of a kick up the ass every time I see like your posts and stuff so again thank you and I cannot wish you enough luck but not that you need it but obviously i've seen oh, some of the videos you put out of like <laughs> the fights yeah. and stuff and you've got nothing to worry about but honestly oh. best of luck mate it's yeah thank you so much for joining me brilliant thank you so much for having me on. it's been an absolute honor mate you've been listening to the waffle shop podcast with me taylor james huge thank you to my very special guest this week the brilliant jamie acton make sure you check out his socials and of course banish fitness As always, if you like what you've heard, hit subscribe and I'll see you next week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. You've been listening to the Waffle Shop Podcast with me, Taylor James. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and even leave a review. It means the world to me. See you soon.